welcome back to Turf Talk. My name is Lewis Tomlinson. Uh, I'm joined as per usual by James Watson. How are we doing, James? Not too bad, mate. Bit of bit somber mood, but um, we're battling on. Yeah, it's look. It's that that's I guess the first thing for us to deal with is the story this week about Gordon Elliott. You know, if you listen to this podcast, you know what's gone on. We aren't going to. We aren't going to absolutely rinse it. You know, it's in, a lot's been said about it this week. You know, there's, there's been a lot of talk about it, and it's it's a story that is still really developing from time to time. Uh, I'll, uh, I first saw the photo on on Saturday evening, as I think a lot of people did. My first reaction was that I I thought it was real. If I'm honest, I, I thought the, the likelihood that uh, Gordon had done that rather than someone had gone to such lengths to stitch him up and you know if, if it was a photo shot you know the, the, the sand around his feet the, the fact that they must have been a photo of Gordon Elliott sat in that pose doing a peace sign somewhere for them to rip off and, and put it on the horse so I, was, I wasn't I wasn't surprised when it uh, was confirmed to be real but it kind of it kind of hits different when you actually see it confirmed in writing if you know what I mean Jim yeah, uh, it was just shocking, wasn't it? And uh, inexcusable, embarrassed, and just a loss for words, really. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's you know, it, it felt like you'd been punched in the in the stomach. The entire sport did on Sunday night. You know, I, I locked myself away for a few hours because I just kind of want ready for the the real world. You know what I mean? Uh, in some sort of nightmarish uh, timeline, really. Uh, Elliot released a statement on Sunday night, uh, one that was generally considered, I think, to by a lot of people to be ineffective and absurd. Uh, he re- going into Monday morning, we know Town. Uh, announced that they'd be standing by him. Chiefly Park hadn't yet made their minds up. Uh, and, the, and the backlash continued. Look, Gordon trained four winners on Monday. Uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't like something that could be tucked away. This was front and centre. Mainstream media would pick him up on it. And then, as you know, on Monday evening, the BHA announced that they would uh, temporarily suspend any entries from Gordon Elliott and then the video of Rob James surfaced as well which again there are just no no words uh, disgraceful uh, embarrassing and just disappointing you know we've got a hell of a lot of faith in this industry and to see it to see the whole sport undermined by a few moments of idiocy, you know, is is disgraceful. Then, as we see in the news yesterday, that uh, Chiefly Park Stud have removed their horses from the care of Gordon Elliott of Wallen, has joined Henry de Bromhead, uh, Sir Gerhard to Willie Mullins, Quilixios to Henry de Bromhead as well, amongst the bigger names. And now today. The BHA may be potentially mooting that they will allow Elliot's for us 
at Cheltenham. We'll have the IHRB, I think, uh, convening on Friday to discuss the incident. Look, it's, it's, I think, Jimmy, my time in racing, I think that was the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, we are going to go, you know, too far in depth because I say there is an investigation ongoing, but the, the facts of the matter are that number one, I, I, I think, as awful as it is, and, and to be fair, the biggest victims of this situation are Gordon staff who work with his horses day in, day out. You know, you know, uh, on Wallen's last, I think she's called a. Uh, Shannon, I don't, I don't know whether I've pronounced it right, so apologies if I haven't. But she put some brilliant videos of, of her and Ovalen playing, and my heart broke for her last night. And they're, they're victims of their boss's stupidity, but their boss's stupidity has, like I said earlier, undermined the cornerstone of what this sport is built on, because. Like we say, I'm, I don't want to say we are we are used to fatalities in this sport, Jim, but we we accept that they are a part of it and a risk. You know, uh, we, we are probably more desensitised to it, and that's not to say we don't care. Like Jesus Christ, I was floored by the conditional passing away uh, last weekend, but. I, I think for an outsider to to look at the sport, I I think we're better able to contextualise as to why the 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 risk of potential fatal injury in horse racing is more acceptable than someone who just looks at the sport and goes, well, the horse dies if it breaks a leg, would initially think. And the reason we're able to contextualise that is because while if it, while these horses are alive, they are they are not they are treated. As Ted Horses, you know, said uh, a, a few years ago after he lost the horse in the Fox, was a hell of a lot better than than a lot of children are, you know. So then, to see one photo like this, that really does undermine ten thousand videos of people being nice to horses, smiling with them, saying how much they love them, because that, you know, how how much of the public are going to see that as a front now? We know it isn't. You know, you and I are both. Involved with people who own horses or train horses, and we know that that's not the day-to-day case. But I could see completely why some people may may now see that as a front, and it really is. I mean, I, I can't quite magnify how much damage these two videos could have done. You know, for. For a sport to run, as we say, under social licence, and one that is certainly, I wouldn't say up against it, you know, I, I did my dissertation last year on public perception and media coverage of equine welfare. So, and, and I kind of, you know, found out that, like, there aren't too many people who are uh, massively swaying on either side. The vast majority of the public are somewhere in the middle ground on the fence. Stuff like this swings them to the wrong side. And 
it makes it a very, very, very hard sell for us. Because in basic terms, the people who are against horse racing, their sell is something we all want as well. Their sell is off. Horse rate, you know, we don't want horses to die, which doesn't make them bad people. The idea that they think horses would be better off without racing is ill-informed. But their sell is an easier one. And our defence of that sell is, well, just look how well they're cared for. They are more than just commodities, financial tools with which to run a business. And Elliot's sort of... Uh, Aboard the horse, uh, Morgan of Jiggintown's house stood. I think it's only fair uh, we name him and give him a little bit of dignity more than his trainer did. Uh, it's it does untold damage, and the, the same with Rob James, who isn't who isn't as we've said as high of a profile uh, man in the sport as Gordon Elliott. Uh, the reaction to it looks. Speaking of undermining, have the BHA done that? by being hasty to act uh, ahead of the jurisdiction whose investigation it's under. It certainly puts pressure on the RHIB that they don't need to be there. I can see why the BHA did it, because it would be a PR disaster for horses to appear at the Children's Festival with G. Elliot next to the name. I agree with that, especially when he trains, you know, on violin, who I think a lot of people will see as the headline name at Cheltenham. I feel weird cheering on Violenin after this. Uh, if he still had Elliot next to his name. Uh, so, I understand why they've done it. I'm not sure whether it, it was the cleverest move. I think it's a little bit BHA looking out for themselves rather than uh, letting process take its course. But that is how it is. I understand as well that Cheveley Park stood uh, have probably made the right call in moving their horses away from Gordon Elliott, you know, and a, a small saving grace is I'm delighted for Henry de Bromhead, who is a great, uh, great trainer, seems like a, a lovely man, uh, and, you know, as we say, we are 100, as, as shown by this, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but I, I wouldn't want to, uh, I think in his media dealings, Henry de Bromwich comes across very, very well and he's clearly a very, very talented man and he deserves a horse of the calibre of one violin. So I'm looking forward to that. But it has, it has, it's put such a dark cloud over the sport and I, I don't think that cloud will really go away for a while, if I'm honest. Cheltenham will still have this hanging over it. You know, this was top five stories on BBC News on Monday. We don't really break into the mainstream media that much, if I'm honest. And for this to be the thing we break into it with is, is heartbreaking. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of, maybe not conjecture, but comparisons to other cases. Oshie Murphy's drugs ban. Uh, f- for what it's worth, I believe Oshie. A, a lot of people don't. Uh, I don't think that that's, that that's comparable because, again, that's self-contained within the sport. That's self-contained within the sport. That's almost the uh, whereas this affects the wider image of the sport in the public eye. 
you know, and that's and that really is the the, the idea for my dissertation came from Ted Walsh's "If you don't like racing, go watch Peppa Pig" comment because I was staggered that the overall reaction to that from racing was what a brilliant thing for Ted to say because my idea was no, it's because it's the people who watch Peppa Pig who are going to decide whether this sport continues or not. You know, it's uh, it's an ex- this is the most extreme example I could come up with, right? Because they are on no way on the same level. But look at bullfighting, right? It's not the bullfighters that decide whether to ban that or not. So you know what I mean? It's it's this middle ground that are so important to have, at least on our side, or at least entirely indifferent to us, rather than actively against us. You know, looking forward, what might happen to Gordon Elliott? Like like we said. And a lot of people are saying it's punishment enough for him to have had the likes of Von Wallen and Sir Gerhard leave his yard. That is somewhat of an unofficial punishment, though. As hard as it is for Gordon, I feel like it's probably a, a little bit loose on the parts of the governing bodies if, if, it's end, if it ends with that. You know, as disappointing as it is, there probably needs to be something official because... El Valen being taken away from him isn't a punishment from the IHRB. That, that's a decision of the owners. So it will probably have to be some sort of ban or a fine. I wouldn't want to guess at how long. You know, because, look, in terms of comparative cases, again, I've mentioned the Sheen. Uh, a lot of people have brought up Sheikh Mohammed, which, again, is, a, is such a touchy, touchy subject. And that's something, again, it's more of a British governmental one. I think. I think a lot of the agree grievance with the Sheikh Mohammed cases and the lack of coverage uh, but yeah it's, it's it's not a good look for racing as well uh, after that Panorama documentary uh, it's something I asked Rod Street about uh, a few months ago because he, he wanted to have like a celebration of uh, you know winning champion jockeys and owners and I asked it on Champions Day and, and I said to him you know what if Sheikh Mohammed wins we can't we can't be having a celebration of that man uh, so it's 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 such a such a touchy subject for the, for our sport to be in at the minute uh, got ourselves into a little bit of a corner. Uh, the Charles Burns case is another one that's being brought up now. That to me, I find that an interesting and a, uh, and probably the most relevant of the the major cases at the minute because obviously Burns was only found guilty of negligence. No one knows who the culprit is who jabbed Viking hard uh, at Tremor. But what we do know is Charles Burns' negligence allowed that. And Charles Burns' negligence allowed someone to profit from risking the life of Kevin Broder and his horse. You know. And that that was six months. Now, reputational damage, a hell of a lot more has been caused by Elliot. But real life damage, in in the most basic terms the only actual direct victims of him are those in his yard who've lost the horses they care for. I'm not sure whether we'll see a similar level of punishment to Charles Burns, but that would probably be my sort of guess. Although, again, is that a bad look for the sport? Then if, if come October, Gordon Elliott's training winners again, you know, whether it, whether that would be seen as too swift by the general public. Uh, it's a awful situation for the sport to be in uh, I find it 
worrying somewhat that it was released this close to Cheltenham. That makes me believe that it was done purposely to try and disrupt Gordon Elliott's season so close to Cheltenham. As as things stand, you know, I say the BHA discussion about letting his horses run back again, and there are and, and there is maybe after the initial backlash. And I can understand that because when I first saw the photo, Jim, I think my my uh, my response to you was warn him off. You know, don't want him anywhere near the spot for that. You know, because that's how just visceral and disgusting the image was. Obviously, with, with a little bit of a clear ahead and a little bit of a time to think, it is important to give people to give people second chances. You know, and there has been a, a strong enough wave of support for a. Gordon Elliott are now in the backlash and I think it's only fair that he is given a second chance I think we all would want to be one in his position because this isn't in terms of the Charles Burns case this isn't a pre-planned premeditated act that has endangered the life of people right he's not done anything underhand or sneaky he's been a massive idiot uh, boorish and disgusting uh, whether it says something about the wider culture of of some yards in Ireland is is uh, the question I, I I'm fairly close to a, a lass who now works as a trainer in the south of England but previously did work in AI in Ireland and uh, when she was talking about the photo to me on Saturday night she said not surprised at all which was really really worrying to me. Uh, I won't name the trainer who she, who she previously worked for, but probably the most, probably the words that worried me most, that uh, she texted me was only the hardy ones surviving. And that's disgusting and awful. Uh, you know, so I hope really that if anything, this, this brings about Somewhat of a of a change, of, you know, a whistleblowing practice, and and and, a, and an illustration of pe- to people that things like this should not be going on at any level, at any level. That the, the trainer in Ireland I've just mentioned is a, is not one of the superstars, but certainly a mid tier trainer. You, if you listen to this podcast, you'll have heard of him. You know, had runners at Cheltenham, had runners in the Grand National, and it's 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 just been a sickening few days to deal with the sport uh, I'm not want to say I hope Gordon bounces back I hope some people provide him with the opportunity to bounce back because as I said I, I feel it's you know in human nature to be forgiving and to give people second chances but he's entirely right that he's been punished he's entirely right that uh, he's in a far worse position than he was on Saturday morning uh, and I hope that the damage this does to the sport in the long term is minimised uh, by effective action from the IAC and the BHA. And, uh, I hope they come to the right conclusion. Uh, I'm sorry we've had to lead in with that, but look, it'd, it'd, be, it'd be insulting to, to all of you, really, if we weren't to to work to delve into it or, or discuss it at all uh, yeah Jim yeah, yeah I, I, I echo most of what you said it's it's of course it, 
No. This was all really for six, and and I've not really decided to comment on this because I, I really I can't put into words my feelings to be honest, and it's just devastating, and hopefully it will all get resolved, and everything that Lewis said, I mostly agree with. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not surprised that Town have stayed in the yard. Uh, Especially with it, even though it was, I say, their horse, I, I, I feel like that might be a bit of a strange decision from them. If I was them, I would have moved, but uh, that's not really the O'Leary's uh, way of operating, is it? Uh, this weekend, Jim. Yeah, a, 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 a slower card, but not too bad. I thought we were going to talk about the the last weekend first. We can do. I, I was just going to delve in, uh, touch on it because we had, we did have a quite a decent weekend for our podcast. But Kate gentlemen, Bob, for both of us, you had Mister Malarkey placed at thirty threes. Uh, Tritonic absolutely danced up, but I haven't saw any results on, so I'm not going to clown, count him as a big winner. And at my way, who won? Uh, yeah, feels weird talking about picky winners though in the circumstances. Uh, it seems a bit mini school. But uh, in in the grand scheme of things, but yeah, we did all right last weekend. Yeah, not too bad, and uh, Cape Gentleman rallied on really well to um, get his head in front. And looking forward to this weekend. Uh, nice cards all around the country. No top quality, but some nice decent handicaps. Yeah, also worth mentioning as well. Uh, over in Ireland, Jason the militant. What a likable animal he is. Uh, Henry de Bromhead and he really is a, a, a an each way player in the champion hurdle now progressing from run to run would not have him discounted yet uh, I, I guess I'd normally call uh, the Great Wood Gold Cup at Newbury the feature racer this weekend but the Grimthorpe shaping up to be a real cracker with Clough Cap having his Grand National prepping here He's a best price two to one to beat Canelo at fours. He's doubly entered. Uh, he's in the Greatwood Gold Cup at Newbury as well. OK, Carl, five single fan payments, eights. And tens bar then, including Beware the Bear, Calimad, Justice Skin, Chidswell and Chef Duvra. Uh, as I say, we don't have final declarations. We're recording this a day early because of the uh, dual preview we're doing with Understarters orders tomorrow. But, Jim, your initial thoughts on the entries of the Grimthorpe uh, Step to the national for Clough Cap. Yeah, Clough Cap heads heads the market, and uh, he won the Labrooks Trophy last time really impressively, and is on a lot of people's radars for the Grand National, and that's fully understandable. Um, he is a very I don't I, I don't know he, he's been banging on the door to be coming in, be coming into this top class, and and he, uh, although he was impressive last time, I quite like to see him do it again. Um, he's progressed a lot throughout his career. I, I'm still not quite on the bandwagon of him. Lots of weight in the national league. Uh, I think he'll go well. I think he's. I think two to one skinny enough for Clough Cat, but I think he should probably win this. He he had looked like a horse ahead of his mark before he won the Labrooks Trophy. You know what I mean. Always looked like there was a big one in him. Now up to one four eight. That's a rise of twelve pounds. 
should be able to defy it. Do you think I, I'm going to personally look to take him on? Um, okay, Corral is a horse that uh, won the Sky Bet last season and went well in novices. Uh, he won the won the Hamptons, beating Secret Investor. If you cast your mind back, was disappointed in the National Hunt Chase and was then disappointed in the Labrooks Trophy and 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 also um, in a Cheltenham style three mile, two mile five. Sorry, but. I was impressed with last season how OK Corral went. And, and I know uh, OK Corral can be very fragile. We haven't seen him an awful lot as an 11-year-old. He's, he's only had a total of 13 starts. But when he's good, he's really good. And, and at some stages of career, I thought he could be a Gold Cup horse. And he's slightly flattered to deceive in some aspects. And, but he looked sort of back to it. I know he has been off um, a long time and... Uh, coming back here, he, he will have to have stepped up again. But I certainly won't rule it out. I think Aidan Coleman's going to be riding him if he does go here. There was a video on uh, Aidan Coleman's Snapchat of him aboard OK Corral, which made me think he was just getting his eye in uh, as he's never, uh, as he's only ever ridden her once, uh, ridden him once before in a in a novice hurdle. But uh, I think OK Corral could be where I'm landing. I, I think the key is better ground. Uh, Good to soft, good at the moment is good, and I can expect it to be good to soft at the weekend. Um, doesn't want it bottomless, and I think five to one at this moment is not too bad a price. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. Look, I, I think two to one, the five up twelve pounds, cut to a career high mark in a race that is full of horses on a general similar level is skinny enough. Uh, He'll be he'll go off far for the national if he wins this. He's already near enough to it, uh, and he should have a great chance. He jumped exceptionally well at Newbury. Uh, the one who caught my eye at Tens is a horse I've had a lot of time for for a while, uh, and he returned that entry in the Beecher. Didn't get too far. Calic Mad, who had two years off, good staying chaser, placed in a classic chase, placed him in Edinburgh National, you know. Generally fairly consistent, ran good races at Cheltenham prior to that. I don't think he's an out-and-out boat for a horse with four more than four miles, though. You know, and I think I think he, his best one gives him a chance off one four two. Nigel Twiston Davis, obviously, hard to know as to exactly what sort of level he's at now because his first one for two years he unseated over the big fences in but he's potentially very very well handicapped if retaining his ability uh, he'd be the each way one if if you were looking for one at a bigger price away from cloth cap single farm payment Jim will he ever win a race Um no, you you have to go a long way back for him to win a race. 2016, um, in the current time we are in, it really wouldn't surprise me if something weird like this happened. He, he's not necessarily looked the force of old recently. His mark is dropping, um, but he is getting older and there's looking like there's less room to improve. Oh yeah, he's been it's been hilarious that people still people have still he's been really well supported both days. He's run this season as well. Yeah, people aren't giving up. People aren't giving up on good old single farm payment uh, with Henry Oliver now. Uh, might be in the Kim Muir. Uh, 
Also on the Donny car, Jim, decent two-mile handicap chase at 2.55. Again, like I said, we don't have decks here. But entries are interesting. The big bite, Zanza and Rico Boy are fives. Sixes is Getaway Trump. Sevens, Protect the Flow. Eights is Offe. Tens, Ballywood and Gaelic Coast. Elevens, Return Ticket. Tolls, Duke of Navan, Estillic. Fourteens, the Russian Doyen, who was a horse. I've probably given up on by now. And 20s for movie legend. The interesting thing for this for me here, Jim, is Getaway Trump is jocked up in a handicap chase for the first time. Lorcan Williams on board claiming free. What is this horse now? Yeah, two-mile handicap chase could probably see him back to his best in this. I think a mark of 140 is very fair. Lorcan Williams taking the three off um, certainly makes him of interest. And... He's not probably where I'll be going to land on the race, but I think he'll run a lot better than what we've seen of recent times. It needs to be. He's been more bad than good for a while. But saying that, he's been at Fakenham, albeit in a three-runner race. Looks semi-decent now. You know, happy-go-lucky is going to be a very, very warm order for the Ultima at Cheltenham. Did him by a half a length. A limited reserve who was well tailed off in third is probably regressive nowadays, hasn't really taken to chasing. But on his day was decent enough for Christian Williams. Got turned over at Musselburgh last time by Gaelic Coast. He reopposes here, down in trip. He's interesting. He's been rather progressive for Donald McCain. And it was a decent novice hurdler again last season. I think 10 to 1 is fairly interesting, although as I said, he is also in three other races on the day. Uh, he's in the Greatwood Gold Cup and in a novice chase up at Kelso. I'm, I'm just going to match you here. Um, a horse who I liked in this is Return Ticket, who beat Gaelic Coast three starts back. Um, we've seen him in his last couple of runs. He was, uh, he was stepped up to two mile four uh, at Musselburgh, and I really didn't think that suit. Uh, he's a horse that likes to go forward, and he was held up on this occasion to obviously get the distance. Um, he didn't in the end. And I, I wasn't disappointed because I I, in my heart, I knew he wasn't a 2-4 horse. Uh, he then went and run on a jumper's bumpers because he, he wants better ground. And he was disappointed in that. It, uh, jumper's bumpers, yeah, willing to ignore. It, it, at least he's had a run and he'll be fairly fresh. Back in this, over two miles at Doncaster on good ground, I think he could be lethal. Oh, that's a very, very fair shout. Return ticket. I like that one forty. Not a poor mark for him. Good to see the good old boy, Duke of Navan, uh, who won round Donny uh, back in the day, didn't he? This was uh, God a while ago. I think I was there, but it was a few years ago now. Jesus, yeah. But he's a good lad. Uh, still going strong for Nicky Richards. Uh, Zanz is interesting for me as well here. I thought he was going to be better than her. One four five horse, if I'm honest. One at Newbury looked very, very tidy. Fell when travelling well in the race, won by that bastard Sky Pirate uh, at Cheltenham in December. One four five is a very, very workable mark for the Philip Hobbs horse. Again, at the top of the betting as well. I don't uh, mind the big bite at all. His general profile is progressive. Not a poor novice hurdler. Took him a little bit of a while to warm to chasing, but he looks like he's fully got the hang of it now. Bumped into a good one in Ibleo last time uh, over course and distance. He'll have another chance off 146. 
if most of these turn up, it's going to be a cracking little two-miler. Yeah, re- really interesting. My, my question with Zanz is he's jumping. I know he did fall last time, but prior to that, in his victory, he took a few chances at Newbury, and he did as well at Warwick. I'm, I'm worried about the way he'll jump them Doncaster fences. Fair enough, Jim. Is there anything else you'd like to mention at Donny? There's a list of men of his hurdle, but I don't think it's the deepest of uh, perfect miss for, for that for Neil King. As we also mentioned as well, there's a, there's a half-decent card down at Newbury. The feature race area is a Greatwood Gold Cup. Uh, they bet best prices at the minute. 5-1 to one Grand Sonsi, 7's Modus, 8's Umbrigado and Killer Cloud, 9 Senior Citizen, 10's Canelo, the big bike, pistol whipped, 12 to 1 bar then, including Gaelic Coast. Uh, again, a little bit of a hard race to analyse on this side in advance, but Grand Sonsi favourite, that's interesting. He's never really taken part in a race like this. In fact, don't really see him in handicaps too much, apart from, you know, he was uh, running the race that used to be the Ladbrook at Christmas a few years ago as it over hurdles, but never in a handicap chase before. He's, he's not taken part in a race with more than seven runners since the Supreme two years ago. Yeah. Um, it would be hard to fancy for me. I, I really didn't like the, his attitude last day at Wincanton. Um, he just never looked like he was going to win the race. And, um, like you said, a bigger field. And that's a complete opposite of what he's been running recently. So... If you don't like Gonsonsi at the top, where would you be looking, mate? I'm a massive fan of Killer Clown. I thought it was a devastating performance at Christmas, uh, beating Falco Blitz, son of Camas, Holden Note was in behind as well. Uh, good ground is the key to this horse. I, he's, he ran on soft early on in the season at Sandown, and uh, he was just found out for stamina almost. It, it's not that he doesn't stay, I don't think. He just he couldn't quicken up as uh, much as he does on better ground, and uh, I mean, the Falco Blitz has since come out and won. Uh, so obviously he's gone up in the handicap um, a fair amount, but I still think there's a quite a bit more improvement from a, a horse who's only ever had four chase starts. We don't really know where he is. He, he's on the improve fairly quickly, and uh, the key to him is good ground. It'd be interesting to see how he takes the Newbury. Um, he's run on the flat there before, uh, over hurdles there before, behind. The big breakaway, and um, I, I think I think he'll, it'll suit him. But I think eight to one's a, a better price for me than Grand Sansi. I can see that. Although fifteen pound rise, that's very very steep. It's it's steep, but it's fair enough for the forming behind. He's beat Falco Blitz by seven and a half lengths. Who's since come out and won fairly comfortably at Southall. Um Hold the note, and what Mister One More were fairly consistent in behind uh, Alna Dam as well, who was even further back, has since come out and won a race comfortably at Sandown on softer ground uh, in his condition. The, the form of the race has turned out to be well, and it's understandable that he's had such a large rise, and it wouldn't surprise me if he'd defy it. Galahad's quest as well. Well beaten that day, won at Haydock last time. Yeah, the form of that race is looking serious, so um, although it is a large rise, you can fully understand why. I like the horse, Jim, as well. I like the horse. I think he's got a decent chance here. Not quite my pick, though. He'll probably be at the same price as Umbrigado of David Pipes, who hasn't been uh, spending his novice chase season in the same type of race as Killer Clown. You know, he's been running in generally these little small field events. 
made his debut at your talk show, bumped into north of the wall of Dan Skelton's arguably a fraction disappointing that he couldn't get closer to him that day, ended up fairly well beaten, but got the job done next time out turning over up the straight, who's again a reasonable mid-130s animal, had made it two in a row uh, in handicap company last time out at Weatherby. That was over two miles. I think he's better up in trip. You know, they ran him in the race that used to be the fixed brush uh, last season. They, they obviously see him as more of a stayer. I'd agree with that. I don't think he's uh, paced us over two miles, but I do prefer him over an intermediate trip up to 144. Given that he, he looked like a horse who still had potential to be better than his mark as a hurdler. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, some of them, some of them, you look at and you think, yeah, you've you've already done improving. I don't quite think Umbigado was there yet, uh, consistent enough without ever really winning a good one or getting to the level that may have been expected of him. But I'd like to hope that he'll prove to be better than a one-four-four horse, given he's made a decent start to his chasing career. Uh, I hope he does well for David Pipe. I wonder whether he would be running here if the novice handicap still existed. Mm. However, he'd have been put away because he'd have got enough 144, he'd have sneaked in at the top. Same with Killer Clown. Yeah, certainly. That would be an interesting a, a coconut splash. I would have quite liked to have seen him run here, but I think he might be going to. Is it Sand Down after Cheltenham? The day after? Uh, yeah, oh, is it not Imperial Cup Day? Is that where they're running it? it, it that's the day, sorry. Um, he, he's certainly of interest. He's another horse who fits this sort of category. Yes, one worth mentioning there. Definitely coconut splash. Nice animal. Uh, lovely veterans chase as well. Sir Ivor, 4-1 to Fav for Lorcan Murta, 9-2 present man and Bryony. 13-2 to two West Approach, 8 single farm payment. Strong pursuit, Shantou Village. 9's Valadon, 14-1 to one bar then. Uh, Anything interesting in this, Jim? We all like the veterans' chasers. Doesn't look like the strongest of them that we'll ever see, though. Um, I've, I've got a slight hunch in this race, and it's Shanting Village. Yes! Um, also, I think it'll be perfect timing. Um, I think Millie Wonnacott's rode out a claim today. So, is it two days or three days that you get for your £7? I'll find out. Because her is it, claim... On is it not... If... if, if, if uh, She's entered and decked as a seven-pounder. She can ride, so I don't think it will be. Right. Because uh, even with her claim on board, she's a very valuable claimer. Lewis, you've brought her to my attention most recently, and she's been really impressive. The Mulholland horses have been running really well. As we record this uh, on uh, Wednesday afternoon at Wing Canton, uh, they've had two winners with Peltwell, and Golden uh, Emblem and, and Millie Wanacott, I think, rode out a claim on Peltwell. It's either, she's either rode it out or she's won off. Um, and I was really impressed with how she, she's ridden recently. And I think she's quickly on the upgrade. And I think she's got to have a chance in this with Shantou Village. Shantou Village was a, was a really, really nice horse early on in his career. Now at the age of 11, his handicap marks dropping. He's, he's to one to eight. Um, he last won off a rating of 139 so technically even if you put Millie Wanakot's playing in he's absolutely thrown in and I've got a really strong feeling in in a weak weak race like this on good ground 
I think that's the key to him. Will um, see him to best effect, and I think he's got he's got a very very good chance. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think I think he'll win this. Uh, you've you've made the case very very well. At his best, he's better than any of these. Uh, really, arguably, you know, West approaches great on form over hurdles. Present man's are lovely and consistent. Animal as well. But Chateau Village is, is bad up there with being able to match them on his best chasing form. Look, he has he has been dropping. He's not shown much for a while. But there's been bits and pieces, you know, over the past year or so. His third in the uh, fantastic veterans chase at Chepstow in October, where the front three home came within a short head of each other. Uh, that present man won Cross Park and Dancing Shadow. We're in behind there. Shantou Village finished fourth. That was a fine run, beating less than two lengths. Came down in the rehearsal. Didn't get very far. Went down at the first. And not quite as good, soundly, soundly beaten uh, by Royal Pagai at Kempton last time out. That was a race, though, of horses, I think, who were all generally either on the up or, you know, sounds weird to say that about Double Shuffle when he finishes third. But Double Shuffle is on the up when he runs off a mark at Kempton uh, compared to what he's been running off at other tracks. If you know what I mean, that might not make quite, I might not have worded that in the best manner. But that is when you see an improved performance from him. And he battled up by going and winning the next time. Captain Orr has enjoyed a generally decent season. You know, consistent again at Kempton last time out without winning. Royal Pagan, you know, might be a grade one animal. So, look, he was out of his depth there. He shouldn't be here. He shouldn't be here. And a repeat of his Chepstow third, especially having fallen further in the way. It's only by a pound, but... You know, we've won a cut on board, as, as Jim said. Could be well handicapped. I think he's regressive, but I don't think he's regressing as quickly as the mark might be. Anything else for you, mate? Like, like we said, a present man's a lovely old animal. Got the job done first time up and wasn't disgraced at his old stomping ground at Wincanton. Uh Next time out in the in the Badger Beers Trophy, he finished sixth of eight finishes, but it was a better run than the paper suggests. Not the same horse at Warwick next time, though. No, for me, it's it's all the way, all the way, uh, Shanty Village. And Sir Ivan, for me, seems like a horse who who looks like he's had potential for about the past five years. Hmm. You know, again, he's he's been consistent enough this year, though three runs, never finishing worse than third. Uh, decent effort as well behind Sea at Midnight and Cross Park at, in the uh, Sandown final in early January. He does have a chance, and he's not an unreasonable favourite with Lark and Murta on board. Do you want to say anything nice about West Approach? He ran in the Donny event last week. Uh, which, the, the, in fact, mentioning that, Bow Bay, what a fantastic round of jumping. 
from him mm. and Charlie, Charlie Hammond on board. One of the best rounds of jumping you'll see all season. And good old Hardy Amy Dubois chasing him home in second. That was a sort of excellent chase you love to see. Two good old lads uh, really showing that they're still in love with the game. Yeah, and, and I, I have to agree. And West approach, he's a bit of a rogue, but he's a lovable rogue. Yeah, he is. I'm, I'm not sure whether they turn him out quite this quickly, but look again. Fantastically well handicapped on his best form. You know, the second to throw on at Cheltenham, it was only in October, he went and win a King George and he's finished ahead of the Hennessy winner. Mm. Replicates that, he wins his form for five, but it is West approach. Uh, he's a good lad, though. We have a lot of time for him. Uh, anything else interesting for you at Newbury? The novice chase is really decent if they all turn up, but surely they all won't, you know. Like I said, Umbrigado and Getaway Trump. Decked else, uh, entered elsewhere. Getaway Trump looks decked with uh, Williams jocked. Hitman's in there. Dickie Diver's in there. Eritage is in there. That'll be a nice race. Good to see Dickie Diver back out, hopefully. Mm, yeah. There's a few nice races on the card. That that handicap hurdle as well. Um, that's at 2.30. There's a few that are in the more battle, which I think that would be a bit of a smash-up. And the the bumper is a, is a nice race as well. And there's a horse who I mentioned a couple of starts ago who then went on subsequently to win uh, with Delmar Rocket. And I think he's got a fair amount of potential. So just keep your eye out if he's in. He's also entered on the Monday at Weatherby as well. Yeah, Glyn. The mighty Glyn. Entered in the handicap hurdle at Newbury, back down to two miles. He travelled really, really well in the Lanzarote as well. And it worried me that he just went out like a spark, especially because they found no wrong with him. They found no wrong with him. Uh, so hopefully it was just a one-off blip. Maybe it was a minor physical issue, because horses shouldn't stop that quickly. Uh, but yeah, up the boy. All, all clean, aren't we? Uh, Kelso. Jim there, big day of the year. Good card as well, Bet365 uh Provided a bonus to the winner of the more battle, I think. And the bet, uh, the bet 365 Premier Novices Hurdle, grade two. We took the piss out of this last season because it was the worst grade two I'd ever seen. Clondor Caitlin won it. Uh, but this year, it might have a really, really decent winner in the shape of My Drogo, who he's jocked up with Skelton on board. Yeah, uh, interesting enough race. And it's not just My Drogo that's uh, the interesting one in this. You've got the two Don McCain's Novice Hurdlers who are really, really solid. And the Neil Mulholland, uh, any news, who just got narrowly denied by Make Me a Believer last time. So there's some nice horses in this. My Drogo, obviously, the form's been boosted with the winner of the Betfair being behind him last time. Uh, so far, is there 11 to 4 around about him? Which, if you can get that, get sweeping that up, uh, that won't last much longer. But Bareback Jack's shown a lot of potential in his two starts, all of, uh, in his. Three, uh, three starts, sorry, in England under rules, and I, I wonder if they're going to go to the Supreme after this. I, I don't know. I'm sure this will be a make-him or break-him sort of race. And as I said, any news travelled into the race really nicely last time, uh, held up from the back and was just sort of grinded out towards the finish. And I think maybe stepping him up, well, keep stepping up an extra furlong might seem struggle a bit, but he's a nice horse. Yeah, I can see that. I'd be surprised if both of the McCain horses came here. Yeah, I think he's one or the one or the other, and 
I think I'd be I'd rather them run Manella Drama and keep Bareback Jack for the festival. Yeah, I think Bareback Jack might be a supreme each way, but yeah. if you want an alternative to appreciate it. Uh, Manella Drama has done really well this season, to be fair. Got uh, back on the horse by winning the Sydney Bats last time out after probably uh, failing to win in circumstances that he should have done in the Rossington main, given how much of an awkward bugger Faith Wire looked like. Uh, but yeah, that's a really, really good race. My Drogo, I think, is going to be a smashing chaser next season. A horse, again, I like it when a horse is clearly good at something they don't look like they should be good at. You know what I mean? There's no way on earth he's going to be a two-mile hurdler in two years' time. Mm. So the fact that he's been winning good two-mile hurdles, you know, Pete Soar in glory over six lengths last time out at Ascot. That form's mint. So I hope he runs well here. The Scotland's obviously have said they're taking it steady with him, not going to Cheltenham. Uh, and this looks like a really, really winnable opportunity for my drogo to get another one next to his name. Uh, the Premier Chase as well, a race that's been used as a Grand National prep in the past. Ace always seven to two favourites. He's been taken out of the national this week. Five's Nutswell and two for gold. Six is Janica. Seven, uh, thirteen to two, definitely red. Fifteen to two, Lakeview Lad. Kimberlite Candy's in there as well at eight. Cloth Cat's going for the Grimthorpe. Uh, Ten's top notch, and then thirty-three to one. Bar then, always, always a good listed race. This. Yeah, um, Nutswell's interesting going up to three miles. What do you think of that? Uh. I can see the case. I can see why. There's not there's not many races for Nutswell, is there? No. Now, because I, as as likable he is, I don't think he would win an open graded race. Mm. So this is this is kind of a little bit of a softer option. Like I said, he's got a different type of profile to the sort of mid one fifties chaser. That usually uses this as a stepping stone to the Grand National, as I expect several of these to do. Uh, but look, the old road looks like good form. Mm. The old road looks like good form. Obviously, he carries a penalty for that with it, with it being a grade two. But yeah, I, I can see the case, Jim. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule him out. I think he's an interesting contender. Uh, I thought Aso was going to win, uh, or, or was at least a bet in the race at, uh, at Kempton at the weekend. I can't remember who sponsors it now. Memory like a sieve, uh, the old racing post chase. But, you know, he was my selection for that. So I'm absolutely fuming that he's 72 favourite for this when he was 20s last week. <laughs> Rightly so. Uh, but no, look. Again, this isn't a handicap, but off-level, you know, he does get weight from most in here. And I can see exactly why they're stepping up to three miles. I think he'll probably go well if repeating the form of last time out. Two for gold, though. I think he's got a banging chance here as well. Yeah, you can, you can certainly see the case. It, it, it was a really workmanlike win last time. And two mile four, I think, is his trip. I think stepping up to three might be a worry, personally. I understand that, and that, that was kind of the key to me putting him up last time when he did win uh, at Kells, uh, at Warwick, sorry. But 
I I don't think this is a race that is going to be the world's hardest uh, three mile race to get home in. Just in terms of of shape of the horses, you've got it's a mixture of bolts and horses with form over shorter. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's maybe bolts is a little bit uh, disrespectful to the likes of Lakeview Lad and definitely Red, but they both stay a Welsh national trip all day long. You know what I mean? So I, I can actually see two for gold, even though I, I agree that I prefer him over shorter. Getting home well enough here. Janica's a fascinating one. Because he had a, he had quite a big reputation after he won the Holden Gold Cup last season. Not happened for him, though. Yeah, just just things have never seemed to kick on. And he he's obviously just bumped into a few nice horses. Definitely just saw quite a fair, fair amount. And... They dropped him back over hurdles last time. Almost it looked like as if a prep. Um, but back over fences here could be dangerous. Yeah, fair shout. And uh, Kimberlite Candy Jim, he's on my shortlist for the Grand National. Though, again, he probably laps a pace to win this. Yeah, I, I think it could be slightly too sharp for him, even though it is a three-mile chase. And the more battle hurdle, Proschema is 7-2-5 there to beat the shunter. At sixes, bareback jackies, nines, tens, Christopher Wood and Favoir, twelves, the mighty Miranda, fourteens, uh, Tommy's Oscar, sixteen to one, bar them, including Global Citizen, and Solo, remember Solo, the horse who I thought was actually the real deal. Uh, Jimbo, anything on this again? <laughs> There's a hell of a lot of entries, potentially in fa- uh, partly due to the bonus this year. Normally a small field race, though. Yeah. Prashima uh, has done very well in jumpers bumpers and I'd be wary back over hurdles. Um, went off favourite for the Great Wood earlier on in the season, but hasn't been as good over hurdles as I'd possibly have liked. So just be wary with him. I, I think he's a weak favourite personally. Um, Miranda's in this, of course. Everyone knows Miranda. Um, the decision will be made today whether she runs, but Nichols has got a few in the race and I think this is a fairly hot race, uh, which I think they might probably sidestep. Um, but in this, I, I, I keep banging my head on the door of Hunter's call. And last time, I didn't think he'd stay, but maybe he's just such a canter into the race. He just needs to just let himself get into the race. And I, I'm probably going to side with Hunter's call again. He, he's gone up another £2 for that. And he's 11, but he's fairly likely raised for an 11-year-old. Um I'd quite like to see him go well here, but a two-mile five quickly run handicap is is probably where we've seen the best effect. I can say that I'm going to steal uh, a friend of ours's work here because he made a fantastic point. Uh, Dan Overall talked about Proschema on Twitter earlier in the week. Uh, Go and have a look at it because he makes a hell of a lot of sense as to why he might be a non-runner no bet bet for the county because he'll need to go up to get in he'll only go up if he wins this if he wins this he'll be shorter if he loses this then you get your money back anyway and he won't even run in the county clever cash out is our friend (laughs) so that's the way I'm saying that I think that's a very 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 logical and reasonable explanation from Dan uh, go and follow him if you haven't anyway he's joining us one of our festival previews he's a top 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 man uh, we also have some fun news don't we Jim we do 
Uh, and we've got new friends. New friends at the top who are very, very kindly setting up a Turf Talk mini-league uh, for the Cheltenham Festival. Pick your teams, pick which ten horses you want representing you. And the Toe are going to give away £100 to the winner of the Turf Talk League, which is very, very kind of free to enter. Sign up with a Toe account. Go and, uh, go and play in our mini-league for free. Prove you know more than me and Jim. It should be a good laugh, I'm sure. We'll have a good crack with it uh, on the on the podcast as well. And you might end up £100 richer for barely any work. Yeah, even better. And, and thank you very much for putting that prize up. Yeah, thanks a lot to the top. Absolutely. Uh, top people to deal with as well. It's, it's going to be fun, that. A little bit of bonus fun for Cheltenham. We are still friends. We've rating the race as well. We aren't too timing. So it's time for the RTR nap comp. Uh, the thing is, last, last weekend we did really well, even though we didn't give a shite. <laughs> so, the repu- so there's a bit of reputation on this weekend. Yeah, so this weekend... I I don't give I'm not mad for Steve, you know, I'm full in Cheltenham mode now. Uh but I'll still come out with picture. Um I think I'm going to nap uh my Drogo. As boring as it is, but he's a price for now. Uh he is jocked up so he should run. Next best Zanza in the two fifty five at Donny think he's near enough a one fifties horse all the fences. Didn't mind him as a hurdle last season, even if I'm honest. Uh, and my third pick. Ooh, let's go Shantou Village. At a little bit more of a price. That might be fun. Yeah. What enough. about you, Jimbo? Um, my nap of the weekend comes in the 255 at Doncaster in that two mile handicap chase with return ticket. I made the case, I think. Uh, I think uh, he's got a solid chance to go in that. Um, for some reason, I haven't wrote, written anything down for this week's um, na- naps or next best. So I'm sort of doing this off the top of my head. Um, the Veterans Handicap Chase 115 is my next best with Shantou Village. Lewis has already mentioned, likes him as well. And I'm going to put in my reserve, in the last at Newbury, the De- uh, Delmar Rocket, if he runs that, I think he's got a bit of an engine. Fair enough, Jim. That's a that's a bit of a West one. I wasn't expecting that, but I like it. We'll all get behind Delmar Rocket. Uh, look, we, we weren't planning on doing a, a podcast this week, but in the circumstances, uh, we felt it was necessary. We, we, didn't, we, want, we want our Cheltenham Festival previews to be about the Cheltenham Festival. And it would have been doing a disservice to everyone listening to this if we just went straight in to Cheltenham without acknowledging uh, the awful few days you've had in the spot. But hopefully uh, we might have been able to find some winners to have uh, helped people keep a little bit of faith in the spot and a little bit of a smile at the end of a of an awful week. Hopefully, it is resolved as oft, as much as it can be as quickly as possible. Uh, thanks to the tote uh, for getting on board with us. It's going to be good fun. Thanks to rating the races for staying on board with us. That that is great fun. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, we'll see you all very soon. In time for Cheltenham. See you soon. Stay safe.